If you're listening to the sound of my voice, then you're listening to the Video Chronicles. And we're happy to have you. Please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else you can find podcasts. We're everywhere. And then you just keep doing that. Okay, enjoy the show. Now we're recording. Now we're recording. I speak with eloquent diction. <laughs> the good marriage is not a wide release feature. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Drew's match uh, today that just dropped a few hours ago uh, with uh, her match against Downtown Griffey Nooms. Yeah, Nooms. Uh, by the way, hi. Hi, hi. everybody. Hello. I'm Video Drew. I'm Eric Narconic. Narconic. Yeah. I guess I'm just Drew. I guess yeah. we've really sort of uh, broken the fourth wall on that, so to speak. Yeah. I'm just Drew, but then sometimes I'm video Drew, and today I was video Drew uh, in a match that was that was as exciting as it was a bummer for me at the end. Ultimately, <laughs> um, it was. Uh, I was really looking forward to this match. Actually, I didn't. I didn't think I was going to win it, but I didn't also think it was going to be this close. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For a while, like, I think earlier in the year, you told me like you would love to play uh, mm-hmm. Griffin Newman. It's Griffin Newman, Paul Walter Hauser anyone else that's famous (laughs) but especially paul walker walter hauser because i really thought we could have a good cruella like side angle going on where if like i won he would have to come work for me in kidnap doggies yeah (laughs) that griffin's okay too um but no like when we were uh getting ready for the match like you uh you know a couple days before when you kind of found out like the scheduling of everything Mm -hmm. uh you were prepping for it like i think you kind of went into this with the idea, like, yes, like, Griffin's on fire right now. He's, like, really hot new rookie. Um, everyone's hyping up. Like, he's going to be, like, you know, in the top class of, like, rookie of the year, like, for the, mm-hmm. the nominations. So, it, you know, it's, it's, like, a it's a big uphill battle to kind of, like, jump into. But um, I think it's correct in saying, you know, what people have been building for you, which is that you've been doing really well this year. Yeah. Um, and every performance that you've had, like, you have shown, like, you know, chisels of improvement in like certain areas. Like again, this is your second consecutive perfect round one. Your third overall, correct? Yeah, I've only missed one. Oh no, I've missed two if you count the hard free for all. But yeah, if we if we drop out the uh, match with Dewberry, which is one I won, yeah. I've had three perfect round ones, just kind of going bam, 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 bam since yeah. la- the end of last season. And then yeah, the uh, one for the hard free for all, I still don't count as <laughs> so I still count that as a perfect round. Well, one it's exhibition does so technically doesn't count. It's not canon. I mean, I just think I could have gotten that. We we knew that I knew the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think like you know, round ones have been my. I've been kind of just swishing through them like nothing but net. That started out on like the hardest question I think probably of the game. Or no, I mean there are some Stephen King ones that were crazy, but that that Sam Neill one I was. I had sort of made a bet or like I'd hedged my bets and sort of assumed that he was going to be bad at horror. Yeah. Because we hadn't seen, I've like listened to Blank Check before. I'm actually a big fan of his. I think he talks really well and sort of critically about, uh, about movies in a way that's like a little bit more in depth than just like surface stuff. I've heard him on, uh, how did this get made talking about the Snyder cut? And like, it was the only time I've ever been able to listen to a dude talk about the Snyder cut without Uh wanting to like tear my ears and off. (laughs) Uh, so I know that he's a really deep thinker. I know he has a wide breadth of knowledge, but I was surprised when he pulled Sam Neill and I was like, uh Oh, maybe he knows horror a little bit better. And then his five pointer, well, not the toughest question in the world. Um, and we can get into that. I think prove that he actually like has a, at least passing knowledge of horror stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's we'll take it from starting with round one, which, like mm-hmm. you said, kind of kicked off really strong with the Sam Neill question. Oof. And, uh, you know, I think it's no secret. It's, you know, like the writers are starting to try and like, kind of push you guys a little harder yeah. for, for tournament season. Like, you know, like everyone's made it this far with a win or something under the belt like to show for it. And so I think they're really trying to push that, you know, you had to earn your spot, like making your way through this. And uh, I think you definitely did. Like you definitely push yourself in this match. Like you only missed one question, you know, technically yeah. overall on paper. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's not like you, you know, were totally shaken, you know, and thrown around by the questions, like especially in round one. Mm-hmm. But in round one, uh, coming off of the Sam Neill question, going into like the subsequent subsequent ones, mm-hmm. um, like what were you kind of thinking? I guess like maybe like halfway through, like my question, like three, four, five, you know, like how were you like feeling about it? I was like pretty, once I got that Sam Neill one and yet he got it too, I was kind of like, okay. So I kind of made a thing in my head. I was like, so we're both getting perfect round ones. 
I was like, that's going to be a given. Like, there's no way he's missing. After that Sam Neill one, if he's going to miss on anything, like, I don't think he will. And, like, maybe I'll miss on something. But, like, the questions got, like, like significantly easier after that first one. Like, uh, like the Anne Hathaway one, the Natalie Portman one, uh, the Bill and Ted one. Jeez. Like, you know, like, those are... The only problem with the Bill and Ted one was I almost went to their the characters' name or the actors' names. Yeah. But then I was like, remembered how the question was phrased. You got to be really quick, careful about how they phrase the questions. I could have gotten two or three more correct questions in this game if I, or not gone to multiple, if I had listened closer to the way that it was phrased. Yeah, it goes to like some of the, the context clues. The context clues are really kind of going to help you out, I think, in this in this season of the Schmodown. Yeah. Um, the year question, the bonus question, which is where he stumbled and I was able to pick it up. He was only wrong by a year. Uh, in my studying of Griffin, it does seem like his weak spot might be movie release dates. And that might help someone like, you know, my faction mate, Ben Bateman. That's not going to help me very much because yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not super great at movie release dates. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really a toss up. I mean, movie release dates can be literally any movie that's ever existed. So it's actually the broadest category that exists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I knew it because I knew Stand By Me. I wasn't sure about the other ones, but I knew Stand By Me. It's the one where... You want to see dead body? Yeah, and um, and uh, do, how how do, do you? Is there a reason why you knew that one specifically? Because it's the one where it's like, how do you do? You, how do you see a dead body? Who do you want to see a dead body? I mean, it's it's Rob Reiner's. Uh, it's one of the two, I think, Rob Reiner, Stephen King books. See, I know Stephen King uh, adaptations. He did uh, Stand by Me, and he did Misery. There might be another one in there, but like those two are very very strong. Uh, movies um i put highlander around that time i always figure it's not like the year that i was born but i usually do it in the in the way that i know that david lynch did a movie a certain year and then if i know that other movies have been done the same year i'll just go oh my head i'll go oh it's uh the same year that lynch did a film so i knew it was the same year i knew highlander and stand by me were the same year that lynch did a film and the question was whether it was 1984 1986 and I felt like 1984, which is the year I was born, I would have remembered if, like, Stand By Me had come out the year I was born. Yeah. So, like, I was like, let's just go two up and go from Dune to Blue Velvet. So we made that little swap in my head, and it was, like, 1986. Oh, so that's good Good deductive reasoning there. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you, if you know what years <laughs> David Lynch came out with the film, yeah. that will help you out. But that's how you do it, right? You kind of base it around your core knowledge of stuff that you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's also, I'd never seen Stand By Me, but I remember Kiefer Sutherland's in it, but he's young. River Phoenix is in it, but he's young. Like, Dreyfus is in it. Uh, I, like, know who's in it, kind of, so I'm able to, like, Jerry O'Connell was, like, a baby. Highlander, I kind of triage, and I, I forget the third one. I still forget the third one, the third movie. In, um, uh, in the bonus question? Mm-hmm. It was Stand By Me, Highlander, and Three Amigos. Three Amigos. That one I should have just known from Three Amigos because we just did a Three Amigos quiz, but like yeah. I couldn't. I think that was like the question, or like we had that issue in when we did our video chronic quiz because it was like, oh, are you asking for the year the movie was released? Yeah. Or the year the movie takes place in? Yeah. And was, I didn't it, know either. It did not take place in 1916. It doesn't take place. <laughs> it, it wasn't shot in 1916. And it yeah. doesn't take place in 1986. Uh, so I was kind of able to triage information off of literally the most abstract concept in the world, which is like what David Lynch was doing during that time. But, you know, if you got a, if you got a strength like that, you pull it. And uh, it really goes to the fact that so many of these questions are subjective. Like, things seem easy. Like, I thought his round two was so easy. And my round two was so hard. Like, it yeah. was clear that he couldn't get my pickup. So yeah. like that means that my questions were like by definition harder. Yeah. I well, think. I mean, again, it it falls in line with like what is preferable to you, right? Because I I I've talked about this, and I think like most times when people say like, oh, those questions were easier, I think it's just like it's just the look at the draw that like, those questions happen to be easier to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And like if you had had those, yes, you would have definitely ran the board with those. Like you definitely would have known like Cape Blanchett, like, Blanchett, Rolling Stone, Rolling Stones. Uh, uh, you might have you might have gotten a shot at the uh, government agency. I would have gotten a multiple like he did, but I think I would have gotten it because the other ones didn't make sense, and then. The the one from Eternal Sunshine, again, you're right. You're right. So, like, that question that he got about Eternal Sunshine to a lot of people might be hard because yeah. Kristen Dunst is involved with two people in that movie. It's Mark Ruffalo and Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. He obviously earned his his correct answer because he didn't just give you the name of uh, Tom Wilkinson. He also said the name of the actual doctor, yeah. which is, like, a little bit harder yeah. to, to pull. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I know the name of the doctor. <laughs> but he pulled it. So he obviously like deserved those correct answers. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. we'll go through your round two questions, which yeah, is like yeah, yeah. Stephen King. I mean, for you spun away from Pixar. 
which people are surprised about. Yeah, I mean, they say maybe she's stuck with it, but I mean, it's just strategy. Like he, he is a known Pixar like He's guy. He's a Pixar he, dude. He even he even said in his match against Jacoby in his post interview that like animated was a strength of his. So yeah, like when like that was taken off the wheel, he wasn't sure what he was gonna do. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's usually the general rule of thumb is you shouldn't stick with like the strength of your opponent if you spin it. If you if you can spin away from it, like don't stick with it. Yeah, and be honest, like Pixar is fine. I'm fine with Pixar, but like. If he's an expert in it, I mean, think about how much worse that could have gone if, yeah. like, it's Pixar and I'm just blindly guessing yeah. answers. I mean, when I checked down to multiple of my rounds, like, I, I kind of was able to pick up most of those answers. Yeah. Um, and knowingly, like, I knew some of them without the pickup. I just couldn't get them at the second. Yeah. Um, but, and, like, yeah. and, and in my opinion, Pixar has been getting more difficult because they get be getting more contextual. But also, there have been more films within the last, like, two or three years that have just been, like, really, like, you know, piling on. Like, before Pixar would release a movie, like, what, every, like, two, yeah, three like, years? Who wants a hugely deep-cut Luca question? Like, yeah. I've seen Luca, but, like, I don't want that question <laughs> in my life right now. I don't want to be, like, what's the name of the freaking, you know, sheep, you know, <laughs> fish herder or like anything like that i knew a vespa i knew like you yeah. know spaghetti in italy and pesto but i didn't really know i knew maya rudolph but i didn't really remember even the name i think of the two main kids i know something jack dylan brian crazier yeah anyway yeah yeah three out of yeah two thirds of the way three yeah and then you know the the main one yes yeah, jacob Tremblay. yeah yeah okay i would have gotten that but i couldn't told you who could uh composed it yeah yeah, so it it was it was a educated uh, maneuver to spin away from that, and then plus you, there was a lot yeah. on the board that I really liked. Yeah. I mean, I I'm still gonna like defend my going with King. I really like Stephen King. It's unfortunate, like those were the questions because I think it doesn't really showcase how much yeah. I love the work of Stephen King. Yeah, um, and it's like we and on another day, like you might have gotten those because of just like again, like if you had just like taken a beat to like think about the questions a little mm -hmm. more and like kind of work your way around them, but also if like the information was there from previous studying and like just uh, happenstance circumstances to get yourself the information which was starting with the dreamcatcher one. Oh my god like, we had watched dreamcatcher like I, oh yeah i showed you dreamcatcher like four or five months ago yes yeah, so i could told you anything else about dreamcatcher anything else tom sizemore morgan freeman hello jones yeah. like damian lewis timothy yeah. Oliphant. we just totally overlooked that lawrence kazan had written directed it yes and here's the thing I have just found out, and I'm saying like in the last month or two, I have found out that George Lucas did not write and direct those three first Star Wars films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believed that George Lucas was the entire writer, creator, founder of the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy. Finding out there's a new guy and his... I think I've gotten that wrong on a free-for-all question once. Yeah? Yeah. I think I've gotten that wrong on a free-for-all um, is... Or someone else's free-for-all. Lawrence Kasdan... Not a name I was aware of. So I just became aware of that name. If we did point out that he was the writer-director uh, of the film, it wouldn't have meant anything to me. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, Lawrence Kasdan was the writer-director of Dreamcatcher. And so I, I think maybe I had mentioned that, like, passingly. But, like, again, like, you at that time didn't really know, like, what that meant. No idea. Yeah. That would have been, been like, oh, huh. But as soon as they said in the multiple choice, again, this is why you have to pay attention. As soon as they said writer, because they, they started out by saying co-writer and director of Dreamcatcher. And that like really put me in a tizzy because I was like, I have to know the co-writers of movies now. Like, yeah, they just said the director. Fine. But the thing is, I wouldn't have gotten the correct uh, answer on the pickup if they had just said director, because why would it be important that it, he's the co-writer unless it's Lawrence Kasdan? Yeah, and you, and the other options were, uh, you know, it was A, Lawrence Kazan, B, George A. Romero, C, Frank Darabont, and D, David Kep. And now, so, yeah, Darabont famously has only done the movies of his that he did of Stephen King. That's yeah. that's The Green Mile, and that's uh, Shawshank. Yeah, right. Those are the two Darabont movies. Yeah. Um, the I didn't know the David Kemp. I didn't know who he is. Uh, I still don't know who he is. I know he did Serve Echoes. Yeah, now. now he did Serve Echoes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know he did do one Stephen King movie, but it just didn't sound right. Um, and then the. Romero absolutely did not do Jim Catcher. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I'd like to see that movie. Okay, yeah, I mean, but... as I was listening to it, like, I kind of, like, thought to myself, like, it has to be A or D because, like, oh, I, didn't I, know. We, no, I didn't know because I, I couldn't remember. And, like, I remember, or I remember thinking to myself as I was listening to the match, like, it definitely has to be A or D because, like, there's no way we would have watched it and, like, not have made a note that George A. Romero or, like, Frank Darabont did, the, did this. I know it wasn't Darabont. I just know that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Knew it wasn't Romero. I knew that. When they said co-writer, director, it clicked. Like, why would it be important that this guy, David Kemp, like, co-wrote? He would just be like, who directed Dreamcatcher? Like, yeah. why even mention the writing part? Like, that's a thing that's there to give you, as the person, like, a, a little help. 
Yes. Um, and then, so you were able to get that point. Uh, and then question two was, um, Peter Askin directed what 2014 film based on a Stephen King novella that starred Joan Allen and Anthony LaPaglia? Okay, so there's okay. a lot to unpack in this question. Okay. So real quick, A Good Marriage is a Stephen King novella. Uh, I could have listened closer when they gave me the multiple and thought, which is the one that is the novella out of yeah. all those movies? Yeah. But here's the thing. There was no movie that was released in, like, wide release in theaters called A Good Marriage. Uh, it just didn't happen. That movie came out on VOD uh, the same day it came out in limited release theaters. It came out to such a limited release that there's no box office for it. Like, it might, it might have come out in, like, three or four regional theaters. But this was a movie that, for all intents and purposes, is, like a Gerald's game or like when Stephen King redid the shining and did it on TV. I mean, there's about a million examples of Stephen King, uh, miniseries or Stephen King made for TV movies that we don't count in the Stephen King category. I don't think maybe we do like, maybe we would count, you know, a Stephen King, you know, Rose Matador or something, or, uh, we would count, you know, the stand miniseries now <laughs> as a movie or, you know, there's a, there's a ton of these. Rose Red, I think, is one. Um, there's just a ton of Stephen King made for TV movies. And I don't think that those count as as official things. I don't even think Gerald's Game, which is done by Mike Flanagan on Netflix, but was done, you know, only for Netflix, counts as a as a movie that is on this, you know, on the spectrum. Maybe, yeah. maybe I needed a clarification on that, but, like, I didn't think that that was the case. I thought movies were only allowed to be used uh, for... Movies that come out on, like, you know, streaming or VOD were only allowed to be used in the case of going 2020 forward because... Yeah. Um, or if they had, like, a... Even then, if they had, were released, that they had to have a wide release. Oh, shit, oh, That's Drew's phone going off. For I don't know why. Uh, not just wide hello. release, but, like, if it was a festival film, like, something that did really good in the festival circuit, like, maybe I could see because they can cross over with festival darlings, but, like, my goodness, like, this movie was... We tried to look it up afterwards. There's one YouTube review of this film. <laughs> Yeah, there's like one or two YouTube reviewers, like just like you know, random people reviewing it. Uh, there, it, it is very difficult to find its box office like revenue. It doesn't exist. Yeah, um, and so yeah, it, it seemed like it came out like in like yeah, like a handful of small theaters. Yeah. Uh, with like uh, alongside a VOD release. Simultaneous, and that's where I get tripped up because it's a simultaneous VOD and mainstream release. Now, did I know about its VOD release? Did I know this movie existed? Like, no. Um, and that's why I kind of went with Hearts in Atlantis. Once again, though, Anthony Lillipaglia, uh, <laughs> there was, it's because of this curse I have where I, we were watching Empire Records one day, me and Nerd Chronic, and Nerd Chronic goes, who's the guy playing the boss? And I go, oh, he'll never matter. Like, he's <laughs> never going to come up. He was in nothing else. And we looked him up. He was in Annabelle Creation. Yeah. Didn't see this movie, but definitely noticed him on Annabelle Creation. And that's the question I got wrong with his name as the context clue in yeah. the horror free for all. <laughs> And once again, he has screwed me because I thought they were saying Frank Langella. <laughs> both times. Both times when I asked, I didn't ask for repeat, but I went to multiple. Um, I thought they were saying Frank Langella. Frank Langella, not Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah, or no, that is the one where, no, I didn't go to um, repeat then. But yeah, I thought Frank Langella, I thought Frank Langella would have played well against, I've never seen the Hearts in Atlantis movie, but I thought maybe Joan Allen is the kid's mother. Maybe Frank Langella is playing against, uh, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins in that movie. That yeah. would have made sense. Yeah, that would have made sense, yes. Uh, but you missed that one, and then uh, Griffin did not get the steal. Well, because Griffin also guessed In the Tall Grass, which is another straight-to-streaming movie. That's mm-hmm. a Patrick Wilson one, and, like, couldn't have, in my mind, I was like, it couldn't be that, because that went straight-to-streaming. Maybe I just need to clarify with PJ and the writers, like, what counts in certain categories. Because if things count before 2020 uh, for streaming, kind of changes the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then question three, and Stephen King was, uh, uh, oops, sorry, not that. Next one. What punk rock band wrote a single for 1989's Pet Cemetery, simply titled Pet Cemetery, that played over the film's end credits? Okay, so this one, I'm gonna get like some flack for and saying that this, like, I should have gotten this. I definitely have. I know about the song's existence. I definitely have heard it before. I know that Adam Witt once showed me a shirt of him, like with the Ramon shirt in Pet Cemetery. So when I heard the multiple choices, I was able to get it pretty quickly. But gosh, again, this seems like, again, like pretty hard because it's extre- it's extraneous information. We're not talking about anything, like, let's say for the sake of purposes, like diegetic in the film. Yeah. We're not acting about like a director. We're not asking about who scored the film. We're asking about who had a song that played over the end credits. Yeah. And it's movie. like, you know, and I, I get it. Like, you know, it's related to the movie. Like, sure. But it's uh, it feels like this is 
like the information it's asking for, what the amount of information is giving you, is asking like a music trivia question, not like a yeah. movie trivia question. And that feels a little bit and I, I, unfair you know, to me. I mean, it's, it's fair, is, but it's, yeah, this is just, it's just. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. This is just a personal preference. Like, I just you know, I'm not like a big music person. Like, I like music, like of course, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I definitely don't know music trivia. I don't know. I can't tell you like the band names of like uh, band member names, like certain things. Like, I can't even tell you the band member names, like my favorite bands. Like, you know, it's just not right. information I hold in my head. Right. It's not even asking like what song played over the end credits. It's like who sang it, and yeah. it's like that seems. I don't. I can't think of another example where you're being asked to name. Who did like the radio edit of a song, which is essentially what this is. Like, you know, if they'd ask me, if you're in Disney and you're being asked who sang the radio version of Beauty and the Beast, like, do you think that's a fair question? Like the, the one that plays over the end credits of Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. The original? Yeah. Because like Disney does that all the time, right? They have a pop singer sing like the famous song at the end credits. Yeah. And they'll do it over the end credits. So it's like, or who sang Let It Go? In yeah. The, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's our doggy. That's our doggy. Trying to play with the other doggies. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're being yeah, asked, like, like, who like, who, sang, like who's saying like, like uh, uh, who's yeah who's saying let go in the like end credits of Frozen? Who's saying uh, how far I'll go at the end credits of Moana? Do you think? I mean, do you, I guess the question is, do you think that's fair game? Yeah, I because mean, like, do you think end credits count as like part of the movie if they if not something that has a stinger? I mean, at the yeah, end? and I'll and I'll say this like, look, and we we saw PJ later like that day after PJ knows a, I feel a, after after you like you filmed this, and so like we had dinner and like everything's like fine. So, like I love PJ, I, yeah, I and no PJ knows like I'll I have his back as a production guy. Like I have his back for. 100%. I'm but, not one of these people complaining. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't even know if this was like a, a directly like him question. Like, you know, like the, PJ is not like, you know, like he has a team that helps him. So like, you know, I, I can't even lay anything 100% on him mm-hmm. for these things. But I'm just saying that the fact that they asked like this question for this, like, uh, you know, like a punk rock band singing like a, like, you know, like a rock song for like, you know, like a horror film. It feels like, you know, in like a kind of like a dude adjacent like angle for like a question. Which is like, yeah. you know, like this is like something like you know, like, like like a lot of guys would know because like you probably they probably grew up in an era listening to their remotes and knew this song. Yeah, I mean, look, I've I've definitely heard. I don't think it's a gender thing as much as like a. a I know the remotes pretty well. I know that song Pet Cemetery. I just don't know music that well, so like I knew the song Pet Cemetery, but like from an all female cello band cover of it, <laughs> you know. And I knew, uh, you know, I knew the Ramones. I knew Pet Cemetery. I know the movie pretty well. It just doesn't feel like a lot of these questions, besides the last one, which, again, that was my mess up. Because by this point in the game, I'm getting really, like, bent out of shape. Like, I'm really getting, like, turned. Like, you can see it on my face. Like, I'm just, like, freaking out. Because I'm like, what are these questions? It's like, it's like something everyone's speaking in Spanish or something. Like, I know Stephen King. I didn't put Stephen King on the wheel, but if I, like, if I had gone with a third choice, it would have been King. And it felt like these were just entirely questions that were made to, like to have nothing to do with the contextual information of the films and everything to do with like the extemporaneous information about the films, about films that aren't that well known or haven't been released, uh, possibly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Which that's really how it sucks. goes. Yeah. That's what, the, that's the, that is the strategy and the, the risk you run taking a narrow, narrow slice yeah. is because that's, that's the issue. Is and, like, and, and King's been spun a couple times so far. So like, we're not like, you know, it's not like these questions are like right out of the gate. You know, being hard. Like, it has progressed this way to this yeah. point. Yeah, and look, when it, that's the thing. I mean, I found out from my Dewberry match going with 90s, like, it is, the questions get harder or, like, less, you know, broad <laughs> the more you get niche. And so if you've spin king, which is one of PJ's favorite, like, part people, then you best be ready to, like, come to play. I just, you know, and I, I could have answered a lot of questions about a lot of Stephen King movies. I got the, the one about what year Stand By Me came out, but I didn't. I wasn't able to pull uh, any of these. And the annoying thing is about uh, the fourth question is I definitely like know that answer. I know that answer. I mean, we've gone over that, but also I just know who Clancy Brown is. Like I know his name. Yeah, I, mean, I know was, who he is. That was a name you were pulling pretty quickly uh, through studying uh, for Promising a Woman. Like who plays the father in Promising a Woman? Oh, Promising yeah. a Woman. When we were watching Invincible, we looked up who played the uh, demon, and it was like Clancy Brown. Like yeah. I like Pr- Clancy Brown a lot. I was just watching a movie with Lawn that had Clancy Brown in it. Like I like his name. Not only just I like Clancy Brown, I like the name Clancy Brown. Like what a fun <laughs> name. When we were doing the Rotten Tomatoes script about best Shawshank Redemption facts, I had like a whole Clancy Brown segment. So, yeah. like, it's not like I didn't know he was in the movie or who he played in the movie. Yes. But, uh... Yeah, and so that, that kind of ended your round, and then uh, Griffin gets into his second round 
which he spends two thousands. He sticks with it. Oh my god. Uh, which you know, is is a fair play. Like I think if you had spent two thousands, you probably would have stuck with it. I think. Oh boy, do I wish I'd stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause his questions like, and this goes into what we were saying earlier. It's just like this, these are the questions that you kind of, you do feel like, unfortunately, like there would have been yours that day if you had spun it. Well, the, dif- right. the, the difficulty differential, again, this is no writer's fault. I'm not blaming the writers. Cause again, this goes into the strategy of how you pick wheel slices. The difficulty in naming, like some of the questions were hard if you were not me. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. that's, yeah, that's what I mean. The, the Eternal Sunshine one would have been hard, I think. I think uh, it might have even been hard to pull Kate Blanchett. It's one of the more famous uncredited cameos, but I didn't know we were doing uncredited cameos. Yeah. Like, they didn't even say it's uncredited, but she isn't credited in the film as being the girlfriend. She's just masked, and, like, it's just a fun piece of trivia that a lot of people know uh, is that Kate Blanchett voiced, like, the woman behind the mask. So Griffin knew it, and like, and again, all fairness to him, he knew it, and then he knew extraneous information about it, which was like the name of the doctor from Eternal Sunshine, yeah, and all this stuff. So he was, I think, he was flexing a little bit to be like, I understand that these questions are significantly, like, different and yeah. easier than like the one that I couldn't get even a pickup seal on. Yeah. So like, the the one about Rolling Stone. I mean, what else could it have been? I guess yeah. it could have been technically again, like, cream. Yeah, those are the things. Like, so I think you know. Again, these questions would have been easy for you and for maybe some of the people in, in the Shemaida community, but the questions are layered, I think, at least with an attempt to like kind of be a little like tricky. Like so like the again, like you said, the Tom Wilkinson question, like that was layered to have like potentially you might think it's Mark Ruffalo if you're not thinking about it like totally clearly. Um the and then the uh, Rolling Stone one is layered to think like the thing is when you ask the magazine, the magazine that he initially like, goes and meets Stillwater for, he's writing for a cream. But yeah. when he goes to actually interview them, like officially, it's for Rolling Stone. Okay. So if you are thinking about it too quickly, you might say cream. That, that, that might trip might trip someone up. I guess you'd have to know Almost Famous pretty well, but not that well. Because yeah. I think if you're just hearing the word music magazine, your first guess, if you're just taking a shot in the dark, Rolling Stone's like the music magazine. Yeah. So I think you would, and I think there's like big parts of the movie where it's like, I'm right for Rolling Stone. I think that's in the trailer. Yeah. So you would have to know the movie pretty well to get tripped up by it, by thinking cream. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that might be, yeah. The uh, moment where knowing the film like really well might bite you if you, th- you think about it too fast because like you, again, like he meets uh, Stillwater by going, by meeting them at a concert, by coming off of like a assignment for cream. I think it would have been like really good if they'd asked the name of the band. Like if they asked yeah. for Stillwater. Stillwater. That might have been like a harder question. Yeah. I feel like Rolling Stone's a pretty easy question. The the Xander question that was the toughie. Yeah, I do I do appreciate that. Uh, so what was the second question? The second question was uh, who listened. So I appreciate that two of them were casting questions, and casting then, questions, and then the yeah. other two, and the other two were contextual questions. Yes, they, he didn't get any of the who co-wrote, who directed, who did the music. Yeah, it was all. It was entirely the thing was uh, who who stuff you could have gleaned from being able to see the movie yes and uh so the, the last one yeah being rolling stone i, I do i do I, like at least that the questions were contextual yeah it's not something you yeah. find out through studying imdb like, yeah. necessarily <laughs> yeah you probably could it might be in the uh wikipedia but even so like i still i appreciate that stunt just uh, who played or what is you know mm-hmm. um and then get to round three uh which uh so you're behind three points so it's not, like, it's not, it's not a huge deficit you know like come back like yeah i'm just bummed by this point i think you can watch my face and like it's just clear because i usually round three is where i choke and like i've been famously choking on my round threes uh since god since the mark riley match i think that's where it started getting a reputation for choking on the three yeah uh third round i mean yeah because that's when i couldn't pull the two three or five right yeah and then but then you did well you hit you at least your two and your three against dewberry yeah and i hit my Ones against Jen, it's just more like uh, than when I played Marisol, I missed my two and my three. Yeah. And then, uh, so getting into round three, yeah, three point deficit. So you had to hit your two and your three just to catch up and uh, make Griffin answer his. And the first question you got was in the category of Oscars. And it said, uh, uh, what best picture uh, winning film follows a CIA agent who has used a fake movie production as a cover to rescue six American hostages in Iran? It's really funny watching my face in this match. Like my face is not doing like the normal video drew like smile. It's not doing like the video drew scowl. It's like literally looking so bummed. Yeah. Like I'm just checked out because I'm like, I hear that I'm getting Oscars and I'm like, okay, fuck it. Like I'm done. I'm done. Like it's toast. Good job, Drew. You got that perfect round one again. Yeah. But now like this is all people are going to remember. And then I heard the question. And I was like, oh. Yes. Fucking Argo. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a good okay. thing. Yeah, I mean, the two point 
question is, you know, it's like by by design, like so it's a little easier. So luckily, yeah, but I've missed these a lot. Yeah, but luckily that was like your two point question at Oscars, as opposed to a five point question at Oscars. You know. Yeah, and like it wasn't like who won an Oscar, which I might not have gotten. Like yeah. if it was like what year did Argo win, or like, like who was nominated for Argo? Like, I mean, it was Brian Cranston, right? Was it nominated? Was right? That, was that Brian Cranston? I thought that was Trumbo. He wasn't he also nominated for Argo? Oh my gosh, let's guys, let's look that up. See, this is exactly <laughs> I, it. I thought it was Alan Arkin. Oh, maybe it was Arkin. Uh, but he's also in it. Cranston's in it. Is he? Yeah, yeah Brian Cranston's I, in it. That movie did not uh, hit me, I think, the way that it should have. I mean, I could have probably told you what year it out. I think it came out in 2014 or 15. I believe 14. Yeah, I think 14 sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, so I could have answered a couple of things about Argo. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, so I knew that one. Very, then, like, very happy about yeah, that. Yeah, so you got that. And then the next question was a three-point question, which is black cinema. Oh, God. So that's one. Again, my face is just going. Yeah. I think they're like, so are you ready for the question? And I just don't answer. You're just like, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't even say uh-huh. Yeah, I just then, don't answer. Because uh, I'm which, not. Yeah, which singer stars as Savannah Jackson, a successful television producer in the 1995 romance film Waiting to Exhale? Um, good thing I had listened to the question a little harder. Because when I've asked this question to other people and without giving the name of Savannah, people have guessed it's a dude. Yeah. People have guessed a dude, like a dude singer. I heard Savannah, so I knew it was a chick. I understood that Angela Bassett is not a singer. Um, so it was really between, around that period of time, Whitney Houston was really big. Tina Turner had also done a couple movies, but I couldn't pull Tina Turner's name because I was just losing my mind at this point. I guess also Tina Turner doesn't seem like the right type for that movie. So it really just was one name in my head. It was Whitney. It was a total guess. But like it was the only thing that was coming to mind. Yeah. And uh, I mean, luckily that was right. That's what you needed mm-hmm. to. Uh, I mean, that's just these are two categories, though, that I wouldn't say are like my favorite things in the entire world. Yeah. To take the lead on that. And so that would uh, put Griffin and Newman. Griffin and Newman. Griffin Newman in a position to have to answer his two and a three to tie you. Close encounters of a Griffin Newman. Order to beat you to get the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Close encounters of a Griffin Newman. Um, and so he had to go into his two point question, which was. Was it something that was hard? One of his was maybe hard. Uh, who directed the British crime film Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? No, never mind. Neither of his was hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, That's Guy Ritchie. Him. Uh, and yeah, again, two point question, you know, designed to be. Yeah, but I've had to the two point. What was my two point question in the Marisol one? Oh, it was the, uh, it was the everything is, is the Lego movie one? No, okay, it was, uh, I could have gotten 21 Jump Street. It was like, oh yeah, it was by the who directed 21 Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which you just didn't know, which just, you know, laps in. Yeah, like, and, and the one I've gotten before is, I think, also what James Bond actor played the guy in Tomb Raider, which again is like harder, yeah. I think. So it's, it just goes match by match. Yeah. Uh, and it's a three-point question was, what Spielberg film stars Terry Garr, Melinda Dillon, and Bob Balaban? Right, that one's hard. That I've, We just watched a, a thing last night on on Spielberg. Yeah. Or the night, sorry, the night before the match, we watched like some Spiel, a Spielberg documentary on HBO Max. I've seen Close Encounters. I don't remember Bob Balaban being in it, and those two other names wouldn't have sounded familiar. Yeah, they're like supporting actors, actresses. Yeah, I don't think I would have gotten that, honestly. Yeah. So he knew it. He knew Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Where's Bob Bellahan in Close Encounters? Maybe he's a scientist? Maybe. Mm. And yeah, so he answers Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He takes you know his time answering it, which causes Kaiser to jump in for a challenge. Uh, and you can see on your face, as soon as Kaiser jumps into challenge, you just like sink back into your couch. <laughs> you just like fall backwards. I'm not a huge fan of challenges. And plus, like, Kaiser took a really long time to make that challenge. I think the reason they allowed it to be kept is because... He might have been trying to say it in the comments, and they just didn't get to they, it. They didn't. So like, people were a couple people said like you know it was like a really late challenge, but uh, Kaiser did try to challenge it like as it was happening. Right. So and then in that case scenario, you have to kind of give it to them because yeah, like, again, just that, because that, they start asking. And that's just them. you know again that's digital that's the digital era guys like you know it's a little bit of human error like we need to accommodate for it, it happens. I do. Do I think that like you know if it was another category, I might have had like some issue with the idea that there was a category and then like a break. For me to think about things before the question was asked but like honestly like if you think that i had enough time to think about the 80s the entirety of the 1980s yeah and what kind of questions could have been asked about yeah that? like yeah it, it, it would be more reasonable if it was like a narrow slice like you know like in scorsese like you start like running through your head in your mind okay scorsese it was this year that year like this movie that movie like you start doing like you know like kind of recitals in your head to kind of like just brush up really quick but 80s it's like what do you think about like yeah what, like, am, I, what am i thinking about the 1980s i'm just thinking what year did stand by me come out yeah <laughs> um 
<laughs> now, I mean, that being said, yeah. So like, I didn't, I didn't love the challenge, but I see why he did it. And he did it because I needed like to calm down. Yeah. I think like he wanted me to be like, like yeah, I Kaiser's think- very aware and tuned in about my emotional state. And he probably knew that I'd answered those round two questions. Uh, and I checked multiple a little too quickly because I was getting frustrated. Yeah, and this would have been, I think, the if we still had it, we uh, we this would have been the uh, moment to use a timeout mm-hmm. if we still had that rule like impl- implemented. But mm-hmm. for digital, it just didn't really make sense. That's why it's not there. Uh, so using a challenge as like a beat, you know, to give yourself like a breather is like a, you know a decent strategy just to give you some time to like kind of collect yourself. I, it also works to throw the other person off their game. Although with Griffin, I don't think that's really going to work. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like to give me a beat, and yeah. I appreciate him doing that. So that's that's uh, that's sweet. Of yeah, and then you get to your five pointer, which was uh, oh, in the a realm very, very, of the nineteen eighties. I was like, can we get three worst categories? A very serendipitous question, though, uh, for you. Oh my god, that <laughs> question, guys! First of all, I I read in the comments during this match that Griffin Newman has just done an entire blank check podcast episode about running scared, so he probably yeah. was like like scoffing to himself about that yes yeah, so, i asked for the repeat but guess what i also just did a podcast yeah. episode yeah. with kaiser about the movie running scared yeah <laughs> um, we did a cinema bias episode a whole one just based on the movie running Scared. i remember watching it and being like they're never going to ask about this kind of movie again just like a movie with billy crystal and like uh gregory hines and it's it's weird it's it's got like sort of a january man sort of like weird tonality yeah, to yeah. it. yeah i was thinking about that too it is like january man it is a cop procedural film that is done up like a comedy but like it's about pretty serious subject matter uh, and then at the end turns into like a big caper film like it's like silly that the third act wasn't my favorite movie i've ever seen didn't love it but i definitely remembered the name of it um <laughs> And when I'm asking for that JT, because I'm trying to do like a sneaky Ben Bateman thing, yeah. you can see on my face. Once yeah. they ask the question, as you soon can as see. as soon as they ask, like you're, I'm gonna probably show you the video right here. Like as soon as they say Gregory Hines plays detective, I think once they get to Detective Ray Hughes, like you realize what it is, and you can see like your little like smirk on your face. I'm like pulling it up right here so we can see. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at my face, it, so yeah. it's like it's Gregory Hines, and I'm like, uh, plays a detective. Gregory Hines, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. they're getting halfway through the question, and yeah. my face just yeah. breaks down to yeah. a little, a little smirk. A little smirk, a little like little grin. And then uh, it says in what nineteen eighty six action comedy, um, and yeah, so you knew it right away. You were just like giving me. But however, you did say that you uh, in your repeat trying to play I out the screwed, clock. I screwed myself. Yeah, <laughs> I almost screwed myself, guys. I only play the Ben Bateman game if you are Ben Bateman or as as confident as Ben Bateman is. Because halfway <laughs> through that question of the repeat, I'm sitting there. I think you can probably watch my face fall a little bit as I go. Or is it Silver Streak? Yeah. Um, and then I start going, oh no, <laughs> like not like which movie was it that had Gregory Hines? Because I, it's just like, what was the title of that movie? Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 come on, Drew, you know, this It's running scared. It's the first thing that pops in your head. You remember? Cause the title has nothing to do with the movie. They're not running scared at any point in that movie. They're, they're running. I mean, that running is a part of it. Joey Pantalones, the guy who either looks like Benjamin Bratt or possibly is Benjamin Bratt. I can't remember uh, the whole the whole thing. So I'd seen it. So, but I almost like screwed myself out of it and almost went with Silver Streak. In which case, I would have been so angry <laughs> <laughs> if I had lost that question because I asked for a JTE just to mess around yeah. and then just Psyched had forgotten out, it. Yeah. So when I hear that five, I feel like people are going to take that away from the game. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, like- and you again, like the round two wasn't what you wanted, and like that sucks. Like sure, but like, you had a perfect round one and the bonus, and you had a perfect round three. And like- it's hard to think of a way that I win, and don't just tie and go into sudden death. Yeah, because I would have had to get three more points just to beat him. Yeah, you you would have had enough wiggle room to go down to multiple choice once, and then beat and then him. and then to, be- to beat him straight out. Yeah. Otherwise, if I go down multiple choice twice, you know, and again with a good marriage being what it is. In terms of a question that like of a movie that isn't that wasn't released wide, I I can't see myself ever. I, I might have gotten the novella part and gotten that extra point. Yeah. But I don't see myself ever being able to get it on the two pointer. Clancy yeah. Brown, I might have been able to get. I definitely no. would have been able to pull Clancy Brown. But Lawrence Kasdan, no, yeah. never would have been able to pull without the yeah. two, with the multiple. So yeah, I could have beaten him if I had took my time with Clancy and just calmed my brain down, or if I hadn't been so tripped up from the other questions. Yeah, and this this really it just boils down to like if you had just been luckier on maybe a different wheel slice like maybe they would have played that differently but yeah but like i really wanted king like he yeah. was the one that i wanted and it, by the way if with those two things with uh pet cemetery i mean with those ones that i had gotten the ones i just mentioned i still would have like 
tied. Like, yeah. it would, we've just yeah. gone into sudden death, in which case he probably would have won. Because, That's what I mean. Like, yeah. like, the only really way to, like, have won would be, like, to have uh, luckily gotten a different slice. And, like, hopefully those questions would have been different questions, in yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the questions were what they were. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Gone down a multiple choice and then had correctly guessed it. So I would have had to just basically did what he did, but, like, having gotten the bonus, I could have just won straight out by doing as good as he did in round two and three. Yeah, yeah. And I did in round three. It's just round two was... But only having missed one question in round two and him missing the steal. So, like, that's to be clear, he I don't think he would have been able to answer my questions either. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, we talked after the match and he like, well, first of all, we clearly didn't know a good marriage because he had the uh, advent, uh, the advantage of having the same question with one less multiple choice option in the mix. And he still wasn't able to get it. So, like, yeah, no, yeah. he couldn't have gotten that question just right. straight off. He would have, if he had gotten that question, he would have gotten a multiple choice and gotten it wrong. Yeah. So, that's that. Um, would he have gotten Lauren Kazan? Maybe. He might have gotten Lauren Kazan. Maybe. I he might have. Uh, I could see him getting that just in terms of the breadth of knowledge he has. Pet Cemetery again with the music. I don't know how good he is in on it. He's a little bit younger than me. Might not have been able to get it. And the Clancy Brown, I think he probably would have been able to pull. So really, I know that he would have had a check down to one and missed it, which is not something he did in his round. So already we're talking about a situation that's like flipped. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So if he had you know the same kind of luck, then like it would have played out the way it played out. If he'd um, gotten Stephen King. Yeah, he would have gotten one wrong at least. Yeah, and then uh, with his five pointer, uh, which was uh, funny, you know, bringing back David Kep from your multiple choice. It was David Kep directed, uh, sorry, wrote and directed what 1999 ghostly thriller that stars Kevin Bacon. Annoying to me because I know this one immediately. And I think it's giving a lot of context clues to say ghostly. Because yeah. maybe he would have gone with Hollow Man. If, if he had, if the word ghostly wasn't in there. I have a feeling he knows who David Kemp is and he's able to pull it that way. Like, that's why yeah. I think maybe he also would have gotten the Lawrence Kasdan thing just by process of elimination. Or maybe yeah. Kemp would have thrown him off. But, like, yeah. uh, I don't know David Kemp's work that filmography that well. But ghostly, I mean, Kevin Bacon in that period of time has only done three horror movies. It's... Stir of Echoes, it's Hollow Man, which isn't about a ghost. Yeah. And it's uh, Flatliners, which I don't know if it is about a ghost or there's a demon that comes back. There's like ghostly apparitions in it, but I don't know if there's like an actual ghost. Yeah, so Stir of Echoes, to me, is the only movie it could possibly be. And like having just watched Brendan in Collision, uh, like when Brendan was over watching Collision with us, and he gets that uh, what lies beneath question, I remember turning to him and going, you know, if this had been about who plays the best friend in Stir of Echoes, I could have told you, like, you know... (laughs) I'm trying to snap. Like, I could have told you like that. Oh, it's Olympia Dukakis. Like, yeah. I could have just, I uh, I think that's her name. Yeah. So I would have been able, maybe that's the wrong person's name and I will forever be angry at myself for getting that wrong. But uh, <laughs> looking it up right now, Stervecos. Stervecos cast. Cast list. If, if it's not Olympia Dukakis, it's that person's name who sounds like Olympia Dukakis. Elena Douglas. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> so I would have said the wrong name, but it was Elena Douglas. She's got that, like, those big eyes. She was on a bunch of things. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good damn. thing they didn't give you that one. Damn it. Uh, but I, I was thinking of the right person. I just had the name wrong. Yeah. So uh, the one who did Martin Scorsese. Yes. Um, Stir of Echoes has a very famous scene in it in which Elena Douglas. <laughs> it's so funny that I would have gotten that wrong. So I was so proud of myself too when I told Brendan that. So uh, Elena Douglas puts uh, Kevin Bacon into a trance, and it's very Lynchian. It's all like red. She's like, "You're in a theater, and you see like something like that, like lights come up, and he's just like in a theater, and she's like, the room is red, and so the room gets like turned red, and then she's like, you you see some words on a screen, and suddenly the movie theater's projection lights come up. It's a very creepy sequence." Like, it's really good. Like, yeah. that one sequence in Stir of Echoes, like, is enough to have sold me on the whole movie. Right. It was also a big year for, like, horror movies or for, for ghost movies because it's the same year as The Sixth Sense. It's, like, the same year as, like, a bunch of huge movies that hit the theaters. 1999, I think, is the greatest year probably that I've been alive for movies, some total. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the year that American Beauty, and it was the right, year right. that was, it was, it was, at least in terms of, like, critically acclaimed movies. Yes. Stir of Echoes for some reason it's always gonna stick in my mind is having come out that year <laughs> yeah starbuck um, definitely up there with the pantheon of the great pantheon films of great movies. no yeah. but it had like, a great sequence and famously kind of like how i always remember the movie fallen with uh john goodman and denzel washington that yeah. ghost movie because it's the first time i heard the song time is on my side yeah because yeah. that's what the killer the iconic becomes. iconic almost like like my little calendar girl yeah it's <laughs> almost like my like being able to guess the killer by going yeah that movie for five minutes straight. for five minutes straight 
In that Kevin Klein movie, Calendar Girl. No, January Man. <laughs> a movie in which the killer kills by month, so he's not even the January Man. I yeah. could go on all day, folks. But yeah. um, A Calendar Girl might have actually been a better title. Calendar Girl would have been a great title. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't get the rights. No, yeah. they got the rights to the song. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so Star of Echoes used Painted Black, and it was yeah. the first time I had ever heard Painted Black. This is all to say, these questions are easy if you know, like that, if you if they are easy because of your subjective experience, I'm not saying that Stir of Echoes would have been the front of anyone's mind, or that he got easier questions with the with the one from uh, Eternal Sunshine or the Hot Fuzz. Those questions are objectively, legitimately hard. Maybe not as hard as the Stephen King questions, but they are legitimately, if you aren't me, yeah, hard questions. Yeah, and it's like they were in the wheelhouse, and it sucks you didn't get them. Uh, it yeah. sucks I didn't get those questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, but you know, with that, he was able to uh, pull his five, the Sarah Beckles question, and uh, get a score of twenty-five to twenty-two. Again, like no, nothing to scuff at. Like you, uh, your higher scores. I think. Yeah, I think that might be your highest scoring game. Like, that's really, true. Really, I think that, that that might be true because last time, what against Riley, I got like a what eleven. I think you got. I think you got nineteen against Jen. And that was uh, because... Uh, I didn't go to my five, right? Yeah, you only had to answer your two. I feel like it was lower. I, th- I thought it was 19. Pretty sure it was 19. Okay. Yeah. And so how hard you get if you get all the questions right and go to multiple ones? Well, you got 25. So. No, I'm saying, but like I got all my questions right and went to multiple ones with Jen. So I'm yeah. saying, is that the number that would add up? I think so. Like, yeah. So both 19, nine, not an even number. Yeah. Nine plus two is uh, 11 plus two more is uh, 14. I said 13. Plus one is, this is like 14. Clue. Plus 16, <laughs> this is plus two plus 16. one. And then you hit your two pointer. So 18. Maybe you got 18 points. 18 points. Maybe. Like, no, 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 but you got a steal. So. Ah, yeah, yeah. But still, that's weird because you ended on an odd number. You would think that only happens if you checked multiple ones and then yeah. don't get a steal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that seems like a very high number, even for that match, because I didn't play all the way through. Dewberry, I didn't have to answer my five, so that takes yeah. some points away. And mm-hmm. I, that game was a little bit sloppy. Like, not, neither of us got perfect games on that. Yeah, yeah. Marisol went perfect in round one, went to yeah. uh, went to multiple choice twice in round two. Maybe round two is where I'm like where I need to shore up then, because like, yeah, that was a category again I knew very well, the SNL movies. Yeah. And like I had to go to multiple ones and got it, and we had to go to multiple ones and Get, like possibly give up a steal although both times the person wasn't able to get the steal which shows me that the question is that hard yeah and luckily like you uh you're improving every time and like round three i think is like is the more important more important round to uh nail obviously because that, that can make or break you like if you have a bad round two you can come back with a good round three mm-hmm. and so round two even though you kind of like had your stumbles in like this match and the last match those are the that's the the natural round that you can refine like just by general studying mm-hmm. you know like you can like pick that slice that is available to you guys as competitors be like okay i want to study like this thing this thing this thing like you can like shore up your game like pretty easily just that way over time mm-hmm. you know as far as as opposed to round three like that's the the wild card you know yeah it's true and it's true it's like it's it's also the big takeaway too like people yeah. are going to remember you playing a good game if you're able to like hit all your round three because yeah. it looks like it's just like magic you yeah know? yeah because <laughs> it is it's magic like it's like we're we're getting questions there's no people are like oh you need to study better for round three how yeah i need to study what like number correlations like i'm not i'm not kevin klein and calendar man or <laughs> january man i can't just arbitrarily guess like the the random pattern that like numbers are going to be correlated and assigned to categories and then i can't do a study session for like 80s movies yeah you either know it or you don't you do yeah yeah and uh i think i just it's annoying because i knew all of his questions let me be clear i did not think that i was going to come away the winner of this game i think that uh i thought i mean my thought process was you know besides marisol it's hard to think of another competitor who it's like this person, even though we've only seen him play a little, having known his work outside of the Schmodown, uh, there's very little this person does not know. Yeah. Like, he knows animated, he knows uh, rom-coms, he knows, you know, Sam Neill apparently starting the Omen 3. My God, when he got that, I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's, <laughs> oh no, like, I'm screwed. Yeah. The only thing I feel like he doesn't really know that well is release dates, in which case, go nuts, guys. Yeah. Go, go nuts, fam. Good luck, um, Yeah. Go nuts, fam, and try to pick release dates, which we've seen people who even do great in release dates like stumble all the time. Yep, yeah, it can happen. And uh, so now we do know that he will be going to New York to play uh, Josh Horowitz. Or actually, he will be staying in New York to play Josh Horowitz, yep. <laughs> uh, yep. who both live there. Which I said in the comments, like, good, that saves us some money. Yep, that saves <laughs> so, some money. Probably yeah. some probably airfare happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that yeah, he'll be playing in New York as the undercard against uh, the winner of. Uh, Marisol and Ethan Irwin uh, against uh, the number one contender match mm-hmm. for that one. And uh, yeah, so 
there'll be a big show, a big show in New York. And so uh, congrats to those two and who everyone is going to be out there. Um, I think you're still going to try and make it out there to New York. Yeah, I'm still going to try and make it out there. Uh, okay. I like both of those guys a lot. They're both, you know, great. Yeah, I um, I mean, I'll see if I can join you. It'll be really dependent you on... You have not ever taken a plane flight, I have so not, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked about this uh, last night on the What the Show podcast. Really? I've never flown on a plane, yeah. So... Maybe you'll make it out there. I'm, I'm hoping to. It might not happen. Um, I, I, it's generally going to depend on a couple things. Delta variant, more variants, yeah. uh, whether it's safe to go on a plane, whether I have any place to stay. I, yeah. Well, uh, now, now New York and Los Angeles are have issued the mandates that you have to show proof of vaccination for like indoor activities and okay. uh, for events and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be having uh, whatever. That's a totally different thing. I'm just <laughs> saying that like I'm. I played my heart out this game. I was very, very happy after round one to be in the lead. I was surprised to be in the lead, and I was hoping to hang on to that. But I'm, you know, as, as round three went on, you know, and I pulled that three, I just, I got, or that five, rather, I got very proud of myself. I was really proud of the way that I played that first round and that third round. And I don't think I have anything to, like, you know, worry about or fix compared to like my previous round threes. Like that was a sign that I do know arbitrary random information if it just comes to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it's also a good sign that cinema bias is paying off in mm-hmm. some way. Cinema bias is paying off. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I hope Alex Mack watched that episode and just goes, oh my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's about it. That's, um, that's the match. That is your match that's, today. That's, that's what um, we did today. We yeah. decided to release this to the podcast because people seem to be liking the idea of the podcast. Uh, we don't know exactly... We didn't have a, a quiz that we could do today, so we decided to do this as like a little bonus. Yeah, so put it out for everyone to listen to. And, you know, we'll, we might do this every so often. We're not going to review every Shmodown match, but something no. that you're involved in or maybe your teammate's involved in or someone that, you know, would really like or like a special event, stuff like that we might talk about and put it out there. Yeah, put it out there in the universe. But uh, this one is just like a one-off. Let's oh sorry. Let's talk about why Drew did the way she did and what what her thought process was. And I'm sorry, I kicked you in the little snout. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I kicked you in the snout. And just like that, folks, I think this is an end of another episode of whatever. Yeah. Uh, the showdown. What did I come up with the idea? The showdown drew down. The video chronicles. <laughs> the video chronicles. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay. See you guys okay. later. See Bye. Ya. Bye.